my goodness, we've got guests. You know what that means. It's another Masterclass episode on Studio Class. Ooh, divas, we've got a treat today in this Masterclass. That's right, it is the one and only Carrie Hennessy here to share her thoughts with us. So before we get started with that, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about Carrie, and then we are gonna jump right in. So Carrie Hennessy is a wayfinder through the deep, spiritual and technical discoveries of the voice. Isn't that great? I, I freaking love that. It's so true too. So early success in the Metropolitan Opera auditions led to high expectations, but singing after trauma in her early 20s dismantled the ease in her voice and presence. A top artistic mentor once reviewed, this is not the same singer I heard two years ago, go back home. And a famous singer and coach exclaimed, if you just sing like Tabaldi, Hennessy left, losing her identity and her voice. So Carrie has since found her true voice and created a wildly unique and energized career path in theater, opera, symphony work, recital, and education, wearing with pride the hats of trauma-informed teacher and facilitator, producer, singer, actor, innovator, and writer. You can see why I really wanted to have her on studio class. <laughs> So she is also known for her soaring voice and richly nuanced characters on stage. She has some notable highlights that I want to share with you, which was debuting as Kata and Kata Kabanova at the Cal Shakes Amphitheater, as Blanche Dubois in Prevenza Streetcar, Streetcar Named Desire. She's also been in this immersive production of The Stronger, and as Elle in La Voix Humaine in, in New York City. And she has a beautiful, bold, and nuanced interpretation of Strauss's Fear Let's the Leader. And I just, I mean, the list goes on and on. So I highly encourage you to check out her full bio. One of the things that I really admire about Carrie is that she also lights a fire in those around her. So she's really, really dedicated to teaching music education through lectures, workshops, masterclasses, and as she says, joyfully dedicated to guiding all around her to finding their true authentic voice in the world. She's currently developing a one woman show about her life and singing, quitting for 12 years post-trauma, and creating from nothing, I mean, not truly nothing, but these are her words, <laughs> creating from nothing a versatile and vibrant career steeped in authenticity. So I hope that you will join me and get hype for Carrie Hennessy and her Masterclass episode here on Studio Class. Hooray! Carrie, thank you so much for coming on Studio Class. I am so thrilled to have you as a Masterclass guest. This is wonderful. I'm wondering if you would kick us off by telling us a little bit about you, you know, things that you're thinking about right now, things that you're up to at the moment, and yeah, wherever you want to go with it. Sounds great. Megan, thank you for having me. It's so great to finally, after all this time, chat with you. Um, it's crazy we've known each other and not this is great um oh <laughs> yeah a little bit about what i'm up to i live in sacramento california been here for a little over 12 years and teaching i have my own studio here i i've worked many years with the sacramento children's chorus um i travel all over the place singing i'm an executive director of a nonprofit called rogue arts and media Ooh. and I am currently exploring more of my writing skills, writing a one-woman show, and um, getting ready to develop and launch another set of workshops. This is so along. exciting. <laughs> you know, you're just 
wanting for things to do, right? Just like, yeah. you know, like somebody peel me a grape. I'm starving. <laughs> Anybody? Anybody, please. Yeah, please. <laughs> you're, you're like, well, this looks like an open hour I'm supposed to fill somehow. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Let's do it. I, I love, I love having people on the podcast, just like you care, like that we wear these various hats in our life. And I, I love that we can talk about all of them because we're multi-passionate people, but also multi-skilled people and musicians are so like that. It's like, you are the person that can kind of see an entire situation and say, well, like, well, how do we make resources happen here? How do we make this event happen over here? How do I make the sound I want to make, you know, and we're, always kind of thinking about how, how to kind of create the world we want to live in. And I Mm. I think that that's a a really important aspect of why I wanted to have you on the podcast in the first place is because you have these multiple threads, but it's so very clear who you are as a creative professional, as an artist, all of that. It doesn't take away, it adds, it adds all of this, you know, multifacetedness to, Mm. to you. So Thank you for that. And I'm wondering if we could start with this question that I love to ask, which is what is an intention that you're keeping for yourself right now? I've been sitting with that question because that that is a huge thing on my mind, especially through COVID when everything stopped and there was so much hustle and that wasn't a word I was using as often as I liked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was saying yes to a lot of things and it was draining my energy. So the, the, the big thing is, first of all, and I think as if there are young singers out there listening to this, that is a big thing. We just keep spinning our wheels, mm-hmm. hoping to catch traction. And I think an intention for me is really digging deep into and understanding who I am so I can be authentic in every interaction. Mm, I love that. Which then, if I were doing more auditioning now, would change my relationship with auditioning. And it would change my just relationship with all of that that sometimes gets very unhealthy very quickly. Um, But it really also made me understand that as a young singer, when I, well, young singer, I came back very late. that that was my accidental intention or I just like, I just wanted to connect with people. Yeah. So if I was just calling a conductor and saying, Hey, can I set up a coaching? And we hit it off and he would, they would work with me. And a hundred percent of the time I would get symphony gigs out of it. Wow. It was a total accident. Yeah. But it was me being authentic, like wanting information and wanting to learn, like, should I get back into this profession or should I stay in banking? Right. I mean, (laughs) before we go too far, can you talk just a little bit about kind of about that path, right? That there that you've also done. You've had lots of different experiences in life. So kind of giving us some some overview of what that's looked like for you on your professionally creative path. Yeah, um, I went to a liberal arts college in, in Minnesota. And again, also accidental, never, I went sight unseen <laughs> because I could afford it. And it got good reviews as far as a liberal arts education. Yeah. Literally, I just wrote a check and I'm like, I've never been here before. <laughs> so 
So you can see how my creative brain works. I'm like, ah, it'll be fine. You're like, let's just go. I let's, like what? I, I have a gut feeling it's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, and it was, it was exactly, it was the exact precise thing I needed. I was able, because yeah. it was so small, sing whatever I wanted. I didn't yeah. have anyone saying, don't do a full recital. I wanted to yeah. craft something early yeah. and then started um, singing and doing the Met auditions very early and had great success and then had a complete panic attack on stage due oh, to trauma no. and stopped singing for 12 years. Wow. Wow. completely off the map. Right. You were not the first singer that has talked about this on the podcast too, with, which is in the moment you're even on stage. And I think so many of us can relate to, even if you haven't had that exact experience, uh, being aware of something that felt like that, you know, and um, so I don't want to necessarily make you go through any of that, oh, but I, it's, it's a scarred over wound. So that's yeah. what some of the things that I'm writing about in the show yeah. is that whole process. Right. So would you say it. that after that experience, then right away, you just stopped and you were like changing gears, going somewhere else? Or was it kind of a gradual, maybe I should take a step back from this? There was a, a, um, a teacher that was living vicariously through me. <laughs> red flag, red flag, red flag. <laughs> um, that, you know, saw sort of this, the trauma happened. And then it was a couple of years before it started to, I was holding it together Mm. quite well mm -hmm. and then one day it fell apart yeah or mm -hmm. high notes were not I had no ease I had yeah. like didn't understand what was happening so my teacher wanted to take me to New York to work with a, a technician that was and I, I know you would know this technician uh it is somebody that works in very in half steps and there is a thing on your piano <laughs> and you like sonically have to shape your mouth a certain way for each half step. Right. Right. That's that not my favorite version. No. <laughs> no. And, and already like being in trauma and I'm like, what is happening? Wow. Um, also because you've been holding it. Like, I think, especially anybody that yes. I know that has experienced that so much of the manifestation physically is about holding everything. And it's like so hyper precise. And yep. then, to be met with someone who's like, yeah, that's great. Let's make it even more. <laughs> yes. If you could be precise about what that number four opening on that ooh vowel is. Wow. Oh. So imagine yeah. it didn't work. Yeah. Um, and I wrote, I, I struggled for a long time and I wrote like a thank you letter to my teacher sort of breaking up with her saying that I needed some space to figure out what this was. And that space may include me exploring other teachers and it was not met well. Oh, ouch. Yeah. So in that exploration had the next one teacher tried to make me a, a mezzo, which I've never been, but I like to call myself a big bottom soprano. <laughs> I have low notes. They're, sorry. Uh, no, I love that. <laughs> I was like, I might borrow that on occasion. <laughs> that's what I am saying. It is. I'm confusing and that's okay. But what I'm, I, I, I can't live there yeah. for long, but the color can be very easily confused. So I had one teacher again, sort of 
doing the the VR dough where she had some very specific kinds of vowel modifications. So mm -hmm. changing a pure vowel and making it this other thing in order to make the 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 tone exactly what you want or the acoustic exactly what you wanted. Gotcha. And again, sort of controlling. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. the next teacher I went to was like, just sing like Renata Tibaldi and you'll be fine. <laughs> no pressure and that's when i quit I, well i can understand i like yeah, yeah i can't do anything right so why am i even doing this so i'd stop doing it do you feel like though hmm, my question here is kind of about meeting mentors and teachers along the path mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And some of them are the right fit and some of them are not the right fit. Some of them are the right fit at certain times and not the right fit at other times and Absolutely. all the things in between. Right. Yes. And I'm wondering, as you were meeting these teachers, did you feel a vibe with them? Did you feel like you were that you felt like this is the right choice or did it seem kind of like they might have the answer, they might be able to unlock this for me, you know, what were some of the think, the thinking patterns that you felt like you had, as you were trying to find good singing teammates, you know, your collaborators, like the... Yeah, I think coming away from the, fir the first teacher was, was actually the right fit, right time, also sent off some vibes of like, ooh, I need to be leery of this because she's investing so much of herself in it right 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 but at 21 you can't really i couldn't have um expressed that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also i don't know that i had the communication skills to address that right right so she had the information it was working really well and things were going well so i just did that yeah. Coming out of it, I think I think some of the idea was um one of the collaborators her the coach that played for her lessons was the coach that um played for me when I was really doing well in the med auditions. Yeah. And was a confidant and I trusted her. So I was and she's like, "Well, I think this might be somebody that could help unlock and because yeah. she was so opposite of what i mean the coach understood i had been going to these people that were sort of minutiae yes yeah and how that wasn't helping i think she wanted me to see sort of what the other mm -hmm. end of it was which is a lot more loosey-goosey but it was definitely like big voice singing yeah. um her her students were all on big stages doing things and so she wanted to see, first of all, I think, give me a place of it's it's okay. Like this mm -hmm. is an okay place to step back in. Mm -hmm. And and I trust your talent enough for you. I want to see you to see what's possible. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was all correct. And then when I couldn't, I realized now that I'm teaching that in that moment what I needed didn't exist. Mm. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. Like I needed the woo-woo and the cheerleader and I needed all of that. And I needed somebody that was going to encourage my vis visual creativity. Mm -hmm. And then I also needed it looped back to what is happening inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, can you tell me one thing?
Like, I mean, I ain't, ain't nobody talk about proprioception, interoception. <laughs> nobody, nobody's talking about what am I feeling in my body? What is the kinesthetic right. sensation? Can you feel your toes in the ground when you're, when you're looking to set yourself up for the big, you know, high C at the mm -hmm. end of this? And can you tell me how that feels in your hips when that happens? Right. And can we talk about the opposite action of the abdominal muscle that mm -hmm. needs to happen in order for this to be easy? Yeah. Yeah. No, like that wasn't, it was all about like mouth and jaw and tongue and all of that is a yes, but you know, learning later that you know, the connective tissue through the tongue is directly connected to my feet. Yeah. What? Like, <laughs> it made it all of a sudden made so much more sense when people say, quote unquote, ground yourself. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. That was such a big thing for me, too. I'm glad to mm. hear that I was not alone with phrase what I would like the nonsense phrases sometimes that that we like all pass <laughs> along with each other where I was like, I don't understand what you're trying to get me to do. <laughs> <laughs> like disconnect well, and I I can get down with some like visual you know imagery type things but that's not always my first modality and and when I would be working with a mentor who was all about it I was like I don't understand how the waterfall is supposed to be helping me right yes. now <laughs> like and... I want to be in it and like <laughs> but that's a different thing yeah yeah and, yeah yeah and that's why I like to talk about this because there's so many voice teachers out in the world. And I know that if you're listening, you may have had great experiences, or maybe you've had some experiences where you're like, I feel like they might be giving me good information, but they just don't understand what they're saying to me. And sometimes that's okay to kind of say like, maybe I need to hear it a different way. Maybe there's another, another choice. Yeah. Please. And I, I love like the new generation of voice teachers are much, um, Ooh, how can I put that? I'm looking for words exactly. <laughs> Much more inviting of other voices in their students' lives. I think so too. Yeah. It's, I've run into a few that aren't, and that feels like a very old, old thing. But for me, no, I just want you to have the information. I, I don't need to be the cherry on the top of your cake. Right. Because it's not my cake. Right. It's not even my cake, friends. You're putting yourself out there. Yeah. Like, maybe I'm a little baking soda, but yeah. like, I'm not. I'm happy to be a leavening agent in this little analogy that I'm creating, but it's, it's not, it's not my show. Yeah. I want you to get the, like, my job is to really, when a student walks in, and again, this, I, I wasn't met with this, so I realized I needed to create this, mm -hmm. that I, I really want to meet the student wherever they are, figure out how they learn the best, speak their language, yeah. and invite criticism at every turn. Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't understand this. I want deer in the headlights, and I want, if I need to go do more research, I'll tell you I actually don't know. Yeah. Or right. I'll, and I will push you to the expert that I know in this field. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there was something about that. And, and when I came back to singing after that big long break, found a mentor here in the Bay Area that 
some of those things started really taking shape and the way he right. communicated allowed me to be multitasking by working through my trauma getting gigs that i didn't expect to gig way too soon i didn't have my i didn't have my vocal thing put together yet yeah but people yeah. heard what was possible and were hiring me that's great and so I mean, it's have scary them, but <laughs> But it was like, well, I guess I'm saying yes. We're, I guess when I asked, should I do this instead of banking? The answer <laughs> yes. was like, yes. <laughs> the universe was like, you asked for this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sort of my MO anyway. Okay, let's do it. See, but, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, that's just it. Like to, But again, to approach it with authenticity like who am I right in this moment mm -hmm. I'm going to take this moment for what it is so what's the next step yeah and it tends to reveal itself when we listen mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that's that. the scariest part but it's true <laughs> I did want to pick up on something that you said though where you reached out to people you reached out to conductors you reached out to other people and you just kind of asked them can I sing for you and I wanted to really like highlight this point for myself and really for anybody who's listening, but really just remind my own brain, <laughs> Megan, yes, which is like you, you did this in a way that's open and vulnerable. You said, can I sing for you? Because you wanted their feedback, you wanted their thoughts, you wanted to connect with them, not because you were necessarily angling to like, well, if I ask them, then they'll hire me for this thing. But you're saying, listen, I'm going to put myself in this space. I'm going to learn from this situation no matter what. And then if other things happen, great. But that's not, I'm not right. trying to make something six, six steps down the line happen just by, oh, well, I showed up now, where's my gig, right? You know, and I wanted to right. just kind of hear you say that, you know, whatever your thoughts were on that. I think it was just, uh, it was interesting to me moving to Sacramento I, I was traveling with this theater company and it, it sort of started off with, well, let's just uh, started off with working with a composer Yeah. Uh, that I worked with. And he's like, I really think that you should audition for this theater company that's doing these avant-garde versions of opera. They need somebody that's comfortable acting. They need, they, and they could, and he's like, if it, like they could use some new blood. Like we're yeah. seeing sort of the same actor singers and I know they're auditioning. It might be a great idea. I had zero resume. I was like, med audition, med audition. <laughs> 12 year gap. <laughs> Don't be afraid of gap years, children. Don't yes. be afraid of them. Say it again, honey. Say it again. <laughs> yes, yes. Don't be afraid. Don't mind the gap. Don't mind the gap. <laughs> If it's if it's part of your authentic journey, there is always a way to reconnect. Yes. There's always a way to reconnect to the the business, the art, the form. It it doesn't leave you. It can't leave you. Right. I tried right. to leave it. Yeah. And it didn't leave me. <laughs> I always say nobody takes your singer card away. Like there's no like uh, governing body that says like no, I'm sorry, this is not yours anymore. <laughs> your high notes will come back honey it's yeah, fine that's fine. <laughs> it's fine but then you you and I know that it can be scary right if you mm -hmm. you're looking at that I'm sure you felt there's probably a bunch of feelings when you had your your resume and you're like 
I could probably feel some things about this, but I'm still showing up. Here's my resume. Please consider me, you know? Yeah. And I think that was the experience that put me over the edge to have to, that emboldened me to understand that when I show up, I'm going to show up exactly how I am. That's every audition. Like we're showing them, this is a tiny slice of what we are in this moment. And so to prep, you know, after millions of years, it felt like to prep a Shakespearean monologue and to prep a minute of an aria that gave me a heart attack, present the aria, and then to have the artistic director condescend to me in the audition. No. He, and he said, oh, I see, he was French. I also, <laughs> oh my dear, you don't have to, you don't have to do the the monologue it's okay because i see you um you have you you have big gap it must have been your your mother and i went yes i am a mother and he said but you don't you don't have to do the monologue and i said look you've given me this five minute slot i have three minutes left i'm doing the monologue listen or don't listen. <laughs> I actually, in this moment, it doesn't matter, but I'm doing the monologue. And I, I pulled it together and it was Hermione's monologue from A Winter's Tale. And the yeah. first words are, sir, spare your threats. And I thought, oh, I didn't know that this is what, I didn't know I was gonna have to be in attack mode, but. <laughs> But to stand up for my authenticity in that moment, like, I am not here for a job. Right, right. I am here to just throw myself back in and see if this is something I could do. Like, do I even have the guts to audition? Mm -hmm. And then they hired me and I went around the country with them for a year and a half. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) So... Like standing up that, that first question, like coming to every situation with who am I in this moment? Don't lose track of who I am in this moment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and everything that's led up to this moment is who I am. Yeah. The next moment is the next moment, but who am I right now? Mm -hmm. What do I bring to the table right now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so important. And also I really love just hearing about the times when we when an audition means something for us that maybe nobody else is aware of but you've walked into that room you did something and regardless of what happens that's that's a moment that is for you and you get to also leave that room and be like yep that was meaningful that was mine yep that Mm -hmm. was mine it yes and then to be able to yeah to take that go oh well maybe I have it in me and it doesn't have to be scary and maybe yeah. While we were in, in Berkeley, it, it felt normal when we were at working at Berkeley rep, I had a couple of days off a week and I just started looking for people that were the movers and shakers. So to get in touch with voice teachers that were doing things, to get in touch with opera companies that were doing crazy Bollywood. I was like, what is this? Yeah. You're doing a hip, a hip hop hop opera in 2008? <laughs> in 2008, that yes. wasn't a thing. No. So I was like, where are, the, where are my people? And so yes. really building that community that also emboldened me to keep asking the questions of the movers and shakers and the people that were really you know, making music 
Yeah. And to be able to find, then find those and make those connections. You know, I'm taking voice lessons with this person who thought it might be a good idea to connect with you. Would you, would you have an hour in the next couple of weeks to hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Terry, I'm, I wanted to, <laughs> I really do want to just kind of highlight this moment where I, just to make sure it's very clear that you reached out to these people, right? You said like, <laughs> I would like for you to know about me. <laughs> like I would yes. like for us to know each other. And sometimes I feel like this might be veiled information. And that's why I want to yes. like say it a little bit more clearly in this space where like, can you talk about, I don't know, what did it look like when you wrote an email or you got in touch with someone and you said, please hear me or whatever you took an initiative there. And that's kind of what I want to hear a little bit more about if you don't mind sharing that. No, it's, um, <laughs> there are a lot of breathing techniques involved in that email. <laughs> that's also very important. <laughs> and also knowing when you're most creative and fearless is very important. Like knowing mm. your schedule, when you're, when are you going to hit send and when are you going to question it? Yeah. So for me, a lot of it was making sure I set myself up for in the afternoon, I would do research about what was around me. Who are the people that I've already sort of through this theater company even connected with? And how can I, how is there a connection? Mm -hmm. Like the, mm -hmm. the head of the, there, it was like the universe dropped, like that helped me. The head of the Sacramento opera at the time, the conductor here, um, had seen me in one of the shows in Minneapolis. I'm from Minneapolis yeah. originally. Adored this theater company. And when I called him, because that's the logical thing, I've just moved to Sacramento. I'm going to get in touch. I'm doing these shows at Berkeley Rep, but I want to just let you know I'm doing that and I would like to come back and meet with you. Yeah. He's like, oh, I've seen Theater de la Junlun. I know all of their productions. In fact, I was back home and saw you in that production. Um, I would like to just send you a contract for this Compromario role. Great, right? And so, like, it seems like, a, like it's crazy. Right. But he also knew my mother that I didn't know. He played pranks on my stepfather. He was a sailor. There were all <laughs> of these, like, weird... My stepfather was a sailor in, and, like, did races. And this conductor was a sailor and from Minneapolis, like... <laughs> we knew a lot of this it ended up we knew a ton yeah. of the same people and he's like oh i know your stepfather i played a lot of pranks on him <laughs> and I made fun of him a lot it's such a small it's world like though is, <laughs> it's, such, it's it was just weird so but again like emboldening me to say okay so now i've connected with this person who else has worked with him that might yeah. know so even working with one person one coach one and then to start building the web of how do I feel about making music and who might be of the same um, thought process, who might be of the same music making process as this person that sees something in me. Yeah, yeah, I like those. <laughs> and so then, yeah, to start sort of finding, and I wanted it to be, again, not six paces down the road but like what is a real connection like something that's palpable mm -hmm. in the music making who is somebody that would really appreciate the theatrical 
side of things that I've been doing. Who might be, ooh, Oakland, they're always doing interesting things. Let's get in touch with Michael Morgan. Yeah. Oh, who else is doing interesting thing? Let's get in touch with fill in the blank. And so yeah. to do the research about who out there was kind of, um, first of all, interesting to me as an artist mm -hmm. and who might be open to somebody just reaching out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think that's so great. And I, you're reminding me that there, I have a strong feeling about it's our responsibility to kind of map our musical community, right? It's mm -hmm. our responsibility to look around and figure out who's who else is doing things? Do we have alignment? Do we share values and, and goals and processes? Right. I, it's not, yeah. it's especially, you know, as we're making our way in our careers, this never stops. There's no end point to this. It's like, oh, good <laughs> God, no. Thing, right? It's like, this is, this is our responsibility. And, and the, maybe the blessing of it is that the farther you get along, the more, you know, points on the map you have to start with like when you're right you know, so as you're going and especially if you're if you're very early in your career it's like I always want to encourage people like just go figure out who is in charge of that space or figure out who's making decisions with that ensemble right just yes yeah. ask the questions yeah yeah ask the questions and people are willing if they have the information I know, yes, there's a lot of gatekeeping and also there are people behind those gates. Right. So if you can find the person, usually the person is wanting to share information. Right. Or wanting to give advice or they are involved in smaller projects that they want passionate, young, artistic people to be involved in. Yes. Like yeah. there's, it's, stones don't need to be left unturned mm -hmm. and in it again if it's coming from that place of wait a minute who am i in this what do i bring to the table what do i want what do i want yeah yeah is it am i being authentic when i'm contacting this person or am i looking for them to pay off for me mm -hmm. so for me i i just couldn't i wanted to see is this connection interesting mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do i find that interesting like meeting again with the the sack philharmonic was separate from the opera at the time and i set a meeting with him and he was talking about ah oh, he wishes he was back in france doing chabertiades and like doing small chamber and we're like <laughs> just chomping <laughs> salivating yeah, let's keep this conversation going we had all of these wonderful conversations about that hadn't heard anything from him and and again like three months later i had just checked and said hey when are we having that follow-up coffee yeah like so interesting that you said that i have this thing that a soprano can't do the second concert would you be willing to yeah so the follow-up conversations that are interesting and sparky and like filled with gems yes that follow-up is has also been something that's been reflected back to me by tons of collaborators. Like, had you not followed up, 
I remembered that magical moment we had on stage and then life happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you followed up with me and I went, oh, that's right. That time yeah. we did Mueller 4 and it was magical. Oh, yeah. I forgot, like, wow, where did where, that got lost in translation in all of the stuff? Right. Yes, right. I need you to come down and do this other thing. Like, yeah. So when, when those, when there is alignment and you have a good conversation, follow up emails. <laughs> I, I'm going to use this as a segue because follow up, like just the very basic concept of follow up is one of my favorite micro actions. Mm, 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 mm. Big time. <laughs> and so I, I have to say that every, every little tip and trick that I can find to like get myself to follow up on things I will employ because it's a micro action that it just works magic all the time. But yep. I am curious about what is maybe a micro action that you feel like has been really beneficial in your career. And it can be one of the things that we've already talked about, but also if you have a different one, feel free to share it. Hey there, divas. Real quick thing before we get back to the rest of this episode. Do you love Studio Class? You can support it now by joining the Sybaritic Camerata on Patreon. It's just at patreon.com slash mezzoenen, M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. For $10 a month, you can join the listening circle where you get access to bonus episodes, you can make listener requests, and for $20 a month, you can become a Masterclass Scholar. Do you ever wish you could ask our Masterclass episode guests a question? Here's your chance. As a Masterclass Scholar, you're invited to the recording of the Masterclass episodes, and you get to ask your questions during an exclusive Q&A after the taping. So come on over, check it out, patreon.com slash mezzoenen. And now we're back to the episode. Yeah, I think, well, follow-up has been <laughs> huge, where I would just, uh, those random emails, I would put a reminder six months later. Yes. <laughs> Like if they have not come, I'm going to just come back or yep. however many months I would put it out a couple of months. Um, that was a big one. Another big one I think I already said is really knowing when I function most creatively and most fearlessly. I love that. And because that's coming back up again, I had lost sight of that for mm -hmm. a while. Um, because I was sort of settling into a career where things were now just happening. Mm -hmm. And it was it wasn't as much me challenging myself yeah. to to um yeah, pave new ground mm -hmm. to make a new path. Yeah. Uh and that's when I function best. But to know that first thing in the morning, I need to get that meditation and that yoga out of the way because that's when the ideas are free flowing and either that's when I'm going to do my writing or that's when I'm going to do my, Ooh, this would be a really creative, this is a collaborator I'm curious about. And this is when I can express it most viscerally and creatively in my email and yeah. short. Also those yeah. emails are short. Yes. <laughs> dear ones, dear ones, when we are writing <laughs> emails, <laughs> they're visceral and they are short. Right. Right. Any of your pitch emails, they don't have to be extensive here. Like this is no. not, this is not an autobiography. This is no. like, <laughs> like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, yes. like just enough to show me that you know something about me, that <laughs> what yep. you want to do together and yep. how we should take the next step together. Like, that's yes. it. That's all I want to know. <laughs> yep. Yep. Brevity. 
I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I think especially what you said about understanding when you are most fearless is something that resonated with me in that that I had not considered in that way before. When when do you have your gumption about you? <laughs> and like yeah. yeah. When is it like I have to say yes? Yes. <laughs> Also, maybe that's an uh-oh, because then people are going to start calling me to do things for them at the part of the day. <laughs> pump the brakes, pump the brakes. Yeah. But also that's when the do not disturb is on. That's when I have my list of if, I, if I'm already sort of thinking about those kinds of things, if I need to take a fearless action, I know I need to do it in the morning. Yep. Yeah. Because then it's like, well, Oh, well, we're done. Yeah. Now I'm going to get on to my admin and I'm going to get on to my teaching and I can practice a little bit later. And so understand, like for me, that was a huge revelation and it keeps shifting as my priorities shift as my, yeah. but it's something that I've continued now to check in on myself mm -hmm. over the last couple of years, especially like when is that prime time to to push the the button that would otherwise ensue with a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's so great. And I think that probably the inverse is also something that I would want to be aware of is like am I going to try and take an action where I'm probably more depleted than I want to be and I can't actually show up for myself needing that mm -hmm. extra little bit. And I think multiple ways to look at it and so that's yeah that's so good that's really really I'm I'm keeping that yes <laughs> put it on a t-shirt <laughs> that's what I need is just a merch line from yes. master class episodes with all my favorite like <laughs> tips tricks like quotes <laughs> I feel an idea just... there it is oh my God, there it is the coffee mug series yeah <laughs> Oh Lord, that's, that's true. <laughs> but Carrie, you mentioned, I know that teaching is a big part of your life right now. Mm. And I'm curious if you would talk a little bit about, about what is, maybe this can be a technique, but it could also be a, a hard skill or soft skill of any kind. Mm. What is something that you love to teach? Uh, my favorite thing to teach is grounding. Yes. Yeah. It's to, to be at the beginning of every lesson, really taking mm, taking the sacred space and time that we are that we have put aside together and making sure that we are both as there as we can be mm. in that moment. Mm -hmm. We all know that things get in the way. And if we can, with whatever tools we have, be there as most as most we can yes yeah so it's it's a very big thing for me especially with young singers because we hear all the time ground ground that breath are you on the 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 breath? Mm -hmm. first of all what does that mean mm -hmm. when we do the grounding technique um and i actually walk people through some very specific sensations mm -hmm. it's amazing how many times in the lesson that light bulb goes on of Oh, that's what that choir conductor meant by. Uh, oh, that's what that other teacher meant by. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's this that kinesthetic mm -hmm. immediacy yeah. of us showing up for ourselves, both spiritually, 
mentally, mental health, mm -hmm. all of it. And also that interconnection that we have in lesson time. I do it when I'm in a Zoom lesson. I do it when I'm in an in-person lesson. Yeah. Let's get in the space together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where are you? Where are you? Where am I? Where are and then where are we? Because this is a collaboration. This is a collaborative effort for me to guide what you want out of this time. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Carrie, I'm wondering, would you with you know, whatever way it works, maybe as a, a as we're listening to this, or if mm. you know, and they happen to watch it on YouTube or whatever. But can you give us some thoughts about grounding, grounding, being on the breath, grounding in the breath? Can you tell me just a little bit more about that? I I think the biggest thing is really taking time to feel your feet in the ground. Mm -hmm. And then I like to specifically work up and flex the flex the calf muscles, like, but put all four corners of the feet, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. big toe, baby toe, push them in. Mm -hmm. Because that really gives us that solid grounding to sing with our whole bodies. Mm -hmm. That's my biggest compliment. If somebody says you were singing like with your whole, like, you have no idea. <laughs> Four last songs takes my body plus another lung and three more bodies. Yes. Here we go. Um, sorry. But but really feeling those feet in the ground and taking time to, to acknowledge and activate the big muscles at the bottom of our body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To take time to bend the knees, to flex the thigh muscles, and then sitting or standing. I like to have students put their thumbs in their hip bones mm -hmm. and then feel the hips sink into the thighs. Mm -hmm. You hear about that pelvic tilt all the time, but if I can feel my hips sink into my thighs, mm. now that vessel is open for the breath. Mm -hmm. So again, it gives us that that sense, that immediate sensation of kind of the pelvic bowl ready for the breath. And mm -hmm. people talk about the pelvic floor, the pelvic bowl. It's it's also called the pelvic diaphragm. Mm -hmm. Ain't just no thoracic diaphragm. <laughs> know your ribs, kids. There's more than that. <laughs> know your ribs, kids. <laughs> got more than just that one. She's the biggest one, but there's more. Um, but like, <laughs> but like teaching young singers what the pelvic wall feels like it's we're so disconnected from that part of our body for myriad reasons yes um so to really like allow them to feel like they can sink into that space and not be apologetic for for vibrational sensations and, and things that they are feeling mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like and to understand that that has to open in order for the singing breath to feel connected mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and again that those terms that we've passed on and heard sing to your sing to your belly sing to your diaphragm great what is that, what does that mean breathe to your diaphragm what right. does that mean? <laughs> breathe to your belly sing from your what my favorite 
being like sing with your diaphragm you're like it's an involuntary Involuntary. muscle like (laughs) just I mean (laughs) like I you know one of my favorite things is just recognizing how many voice teachers I know in the world now who are so much more aware of the anatomy that is happening but then they're able to talk about it in so many ways so it doesn't mean the only way that you can be a pedagogue in the world is one one way or the other but incorporate the fact that you actually do know the components of your instrument the same way that you know we we've also played you know played other things and like if I if you know on a viola if I didn't know what the fine tuners did then that would be a problem (laughs) I wouldn't get very far like and so I understand that it's on the inside but we can understand we can know what makes up our instrument and it's not just you know a handful of things in the laryngeal area that's not the only aspect right and so then finding through that that grounding exercise being able to feel that breath it's so much easier than throughout the lesson to go back to remember that feeling put your put your thumbs in your hips again Mm -hmm. and let's now at the on the onset of this phrase see if you can allow for that abdominal muscle to do the opposite of what it's been doing all day long which is tuck up and in and 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 so even like doing those things like yes we need core work mm-hmm. and also we're used to this up and in and knitting the ribs into our core now let them do their own thing <laughs> like they got they got lives <laughs> of their own <laughs> They yes, have room to explore. Please, <laughs> explore the space. Yes. Uh, let the abdominal muscle have a little stretch down. Get away from the ribs for just a minute. It's tight quarters in there. I like to sort of see them as that. Like it can be funny. And then they go, oh, you're right. There, there is a separation of duties yeah. in the things that they need to do while we're singing freely. Right. I so love that and I may be reading a little bit into this but so tell me if I'm wrong but what I also kind of hear intuit through what you're saying is that you also give your students time there's there's patience in what you're suggesting to say like can you feel this and also this and if you don't right now it's okay but we're going to keep coming back to this idea and also like here are some other ways and so what I wanted to Mm. just say thank you for is that is even just there's an intuitive sense that you're allowing students time and patience to explore what Mm. their instrument does what their body can do yes and that there's no wrong way to express what that feels like to you Mm -hmm. ever Mm -hmm. and so the the even the exploration of verbiage around it imagery that comes to you maybe there isn't imagery and there is just arm movement Mm -hmm. um and and that it doesn't need to be articulate. Let it be messy. I want to hear all of the flow of whatever that whatever comes to you. Yeah. And yeah. so in lessons, I think it's important as we're working with mentors in this way, which is so vulnerable, that it doesn't hurt to advocate for oneself. Mm-hmm. Or time. Mm-hmm. 
this is going to take me a second. Can we just, I need a second. Right. And to allow and, and to take the space you need. Mm-hmm. And if the mentor is pushing time-wise and you can feel that you just need one more second with it, it wouldn't hurt to even come up with a, if you've experienced it before and to say, hey, before we start our lesson, I had this mm-hmm. epiphany. <laughs> that in one of our lessons there, I just needed one more second. And I'm wondering if I can come up with a hand signal or something that would let you know that I'm on it, but I need another second. Mm-hmm. Because so often we're just short on time and it gets oh, rushed. Totally. So, especially in collegiate when it's often just 30 minute or 45 minute lessons. Yeah. Well, and from the teacher side, it can be so exciting that they're right on the precipice of that. Thing. And you're like, you're like, I am going to check in with myself and just slow it down. And they're going to figure that out when they figure it out. And I am not going to push. <laughs> yeah. But all, yeah. So as teachers, I think it's important for us to see and into it some of that and ask the question, do you need another second? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So allow ourselves to check in with ourselves and say, okay, I'm seeing what's happening. Slow in the roll is really the way to go. Yeah. And for a student, please advocate for that. Yeah. yeah. Self-advocation in this, in this business is the only thing that will save you. Right. Right. And in life also. Yeah. <laughs> Just, Let's just talk about singing equals life. There's a lot of skills we also learned. Also <laughs> Been my so mantra real. since the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to advocate for self in that, what you need in those lessons is so important. Well, uh, can we can we just take a moment to talk about <laughs> talk about how advocating for self can show up in so many different ways? Mm. And we just kind of access that in a teacher student situation where we say, okay, I'm. I'm trying to work on something that I haven't experienced before. I'm unfamiliar here, but yes. maybe I need another minute self-advocating, right? But yeah. I would imagine that you could talk about self-advocating often in singer land can be just a little bit weirder, a little bit harder because there's we are very, very, very much conditioned to fit into the box or or be malleable, all of those things, which can be very good. And I kind of want to talk about that balance of Mm. self-advocacy and boundaries and still being open and learning and growing. You could probably talk about that from working with ensembles, working like as an administrator, working as a family member, working, you know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I I, I think it really, again, stems from checking in with self Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and saying, okay, am I married to this? Mm -hmm. Like, do I really, is this a need or is this a want? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do I need a minute? Yes. Great. Do I need us to take this tempo or can it be in a variation? Is it a need because, because I'm Let's go a little deeper. It could be a need because in this moment, this is where I'm most comfortable and this is where I shine the most. Mm-hmm. You can actually say that mm-hmm. <laughs> out loud, out loud. <laughs> to a conductor. 
And sometimes they, they might come for friends. us if we say that. <laughs> Look. <laughs> We're not percussion instruments. We need a second. But also to like gain an understanding of, of where you're malleable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like where the bound, I don't need this to be at exactly 108. Here's probably the range. Mm-hmm. If it goes much faster than that, I can't, I can't phonate and articulate as quickly as the runs need to go. Mm-hmm. So again, knowing thyself and kind of understanding where those lines are a big, a big one that comes up in my studio a lot is marking. Mm, this where, is good yeah. Where I have students that, that are in this really intense, um, high performance small group tight harmony ensemble and they rehearse up until they perform oh okay so it's it's the very tiring yes and it's singing and dancing and so it's 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 like it's like broadway review intense yes and so advocating for Hey, I understand we need to do the sound check for this mic. I would like to ask, could I sing the loudest part and the softest part? And could I just sort of whisper speak the rest while I'm doing the this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that also looks like advocacy instead of just saying, I'm not doing that. Right. To say, hey, I need some help because I'm real tired and I want to shine for these this audience. Yeah. This would really help me. Does that work for you? I love that. Right? It's about communicating. Mm-hmm. And always saying, like, this is good, this is better for all of us rather than just being, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> um, my voice is tired. So. <laughs> Which might be true. And also, <laughs> but like to- to say, hey, I, you know, I want to make sure to put on the best. So, you know, are you cool with me giving 80% and giving you the highest point and the lowest point for the sound check? Mm-hmm. And then really be able to save my energy, the rest of my energy for the performance. Yeah, that's great. Oh, I think that's so helpful. I really love when we have these kinds of conversations and talk about, you know, it doesn't have to look like this, but here are some other ways that it could look. Here are some phrases that have worked that really might, well. Right. Sometimes a phrase can be the biggest difference between we're communicating over shared needs here and, oh, I don't understand you at all. And this person's being difficult to work with. None of us are going into a situation trying to be difficult to work with. I God, I hope not. No, no. <laughs> but ah. the, that difference between having lots of experiences where you've started to refine, oh, if I communicate this where I'm saying, here's what I'm currently experiencing. Mm-hmm. Can, we, can we meet in the middle on this thing? It's going to work out better for everybody. Then, yeah. then a lot of people are like, oh, happy to do that, right? Yeah. If it, if it doesn't feel like you're able to phrase it that way, it can, it can veer off the rails. Right. Or if you feel like shoved in a box and that you can't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. And it can go the opposite way too, where conductors sometimes will say, what's your tempo? And I'm like, I don't know. What's your tempo? (laughs) What were you thinking for this? I don't know. (laughs) So then like, I, 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 sometimes I don't know where that is. And then they take it too fast quote unquote and no that's on me Mm -hmm. that's not their fault 
Yeah. I don't get to complain. That was me not being prepared enough or having enough to say about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And practicing, I think yes. setting your own tempo ahead of time, but practicing giving your tempo to somebody else isn't it is is a whole strategy. Like yes. it's really important. It's, every audition should <laughs> yes. be. I I don't like to shit on myself, but shooting. <laughs> I'm going to use a different word. I teach like I make the student walk in the door. They bring the music to the accompanist. They give me, they show me on the page where the cuts are mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they tell me the tempo. Yep. Yep. And then I'm like, that's unclear. Let's try this again. Let's try four different ways of saying it in case the accompanist looks at you like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Right. And so to, to practice giving a tempo, mwah, mwah, mwah. Yeah. it is the, the, anything you can practice. That's my, another for young fingers auditions. Practice every single thing that is in your control. Mm-hmm. Practice walking in the room, practice in your shoes, practice in whatever you're going to wear, practice holding and looking at and showing an accompanist what what your tempo is and what the cut is. Yeah. And say it out loud. Practice introducing yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take any of that for granted because Lord knows how many times we can, I, I am, I don't know who I am today. <laughs> I don't know what day it is or when I'm singing, but somebody's going to play a thing and I'm going to sing. <laughs> Dear God. Sometimes inside, that's what that looks like. Right. Well, and then also being, getting all of those things ready so that when something inevitably is different than what you thought, you can just be like, okay, well, this is happening. I definitely, yeah. <laughs> uh, Va from Verter is obviously, you know, Mezzo's, but like it's our go-to right it's one like two pages let's get let's get this going so but I love singing it and it starts both hands in bass clef right and the number of auditions that I've had where somebody you know they're they're going through tons of rep they start and it's not that is not because they're reading it as both treble and bass clef and you're like that's not the key (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we're and the practicing the part where that is not and you just have to pause just graciously like look over and say like um, let, let's start, start with the again? beginning and both in bass clef I think it's gonna be great here and like whatever it is for you yep the number of times where like that has happened and yep. you just go like listen they're fantastic they yeah. they know every piece in the book and they're gonna have a moment where they like oh god I'm sorry I, you know with, let's with start race. it again right yes. and let's then it's race. our job to like not get all flustered about something like that. They're not going to go, that's it. Get out. (laughs) But if you're a jerk about it, chances are they're definitely writing it down, you know? So making sure that you're like, ah, yes, this is, I'm going to just gently try this again. And (laughs) being able to take that in stride because Mm -hmm. you've practiced all of those things. You're like, I'm, also what you said about being present in that moment, like allowing yourself, right? I would imagine that's so much a part of what you're helping them understand is the audition room is a place where we can like astral project or something. Like we are just like dissociating from our bodies, like whatever it is. And you're you're really yes. helping them just be like, it is possible to be present and authentic in this space too. I do this in all these other spaces. I can do this here too. Yes. It's just jam packed. Yeah. 
Exactly. And fueled. So yeah. if we can take away some of the fuel. Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be so intense. Some of yeah. that can be not so intense. So the more you practice all the things you can, we so worry about the the singing, but my gosh, the first the second audition I did when I realized I'm like, oh right. If I introduce myself slowly, my heart rate goes down. Yes. I have now tested the acoustic of the room mm -hmm. before there is any fuel on this fire. And nobody cares mm -hmm. what I sound like when I speak. That's not what they're here for. Right, right. And I'm showing them that I'm present by doing that slowly. Mm -hmm. So I can do so many things. And they go, oh, I forgot that I could be practicing and, and doing so many things just in those moments that aren't the singing. Yep, yep. I love that. Carrie, I'm, I'm wondering you know, all of these things that we've talked about, there's just so much that we take on as, as sponges. We're like con constantly putting ourselves in unfamiliar situations, unfamiliar environments, <laughs> like learning new paths. And I think that might lead to why I feel like curiosity is such a superpower. Or it's just that I'm super nosy and I like asking people things. <laughs> just, it can be both. <laughs> just a nosy yeah. Right. <laughs> like, so, like it. so here we are where I'm like, I think that curiosity is a superpower. And I'm wondering what you're currently curious about. You know, what's something that's kind of sparking your curiosity? I'm I'm doing a lot of um a lot of a lot of reading and a lot of practice and different breath work. Mm -hmm. um, there's this thing called psychedelic breath work, which is really mm -hmm. interesting. I've done so a lot of different healing practices in mm -hmm. in that space. Um, and yeah, like a, a lot of I'm reading a lot about breath work, a lot also about setting space for things, because I, again, feel like that's been an intuitive thing that I've done, but to really deliberately the art of the gathering is just yes, yes. sparking all of my mm, love it's, it. so good. it's so good um that and the polyvagal theory is crazy inspiring to me and yes. so really can those, you talk about that like kind of share about yeah. the polyvagal theory yeah really talking about um the, the biggest part of it is really accessing the parasympathetic nervous system rapidly. Mm -hmm. There are so mm -hmm. many physical things that we can slow down our, I mean, we do breathing exercises, of course, that will slow down our heart rate. Um, like square breathing, where you breathe in for a certain count, hold it for a certain count, breathe it out for a certain count, and then hold it for that count again. Yeah. Like that slows down the, the, um, heart rate and accesses the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest versus fight, flight, freeze. <laughs> Gosh, sound like an audition, anyone? Anyone with me? Anyone with me? Cool, 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 cool. Great. Astro projecting, here we are. Um, how do we stay in the room with ourselves? So this, this polyvagal theory really teaching about how the vagus nerve, how we can access it through um, so many different simple, 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 simple things to get back into homeostasis with our nervous system so that we don't, even in the moment of anxiety, have to feel like there's an actual tiger in the room. 
Yes. yes. That we can allow the anxiety to be in the room, but it doesn't have to be so present that we can't function. Right. Right. So I'm just fascinated with, with all the work that's being done with that and how the breath work feeds into that and how that all feeds into what I'm doing with my students and with my work. And so that's kind of some of the things I'm chewing on with the workshops that are starting to be in the the make. This is so great. Well, okay. There's, there are so many things (laughs) I'm, (laughs) I, I know that our listeners are going to want to, you know, maybe find out about the workshops, maybe like find you in performances that are coming up. I'm wondering if you can, you know, give us kind of the lay of the land, where would you like people to find you on the internet and also kind of get more involved in, in the, the whole ecosystem of karaoke. (laughs) Oh, it's an ecosystem? Uh-oh. It is now. Okay, 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 okay. Great. <laughs> I like the outside. <laughs> okay. Um, probably, I, I mean, the easiest places, um, my website has all of the things, carriehennessy.com, and I uh, have a blog there that just kind of talks about, like, where I'm at in the creative process. I talk a lot about things that are... Um, I always wanted to be a voice teacher when I was an active performer. So I can talk about, guess what? We're working on the same things. Yeah. I'm further down the road, but I'm working on the same exact breath thing. I'm working on the same exact panic thing. I'm working on the fear factor of this, the imposter syndrome. So that's kind of where I go with that. Yeah. Um, and then at Carrie Hennessy on Instagram is probably where I'm sharing most about what's happening on a daily basis and what, you know, how, how am I keeping the schedule up? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> transitions and quiet and naps. <laughs> Would you spell your last name just for anybody who's listening, yes. listening? Yeah. Yes. It, so H-E-N-N-E-S-S-E-Y. Perfect. Perfect. So, <laughs> I love this. Well, Carrie, clearly, we need to spend more time together. It's <laughs> my takeaway from Yeah, this. me too. I think we knew that. <laughs> we knew that. We knew that like, in our hearts. We need more, you know, I need to close the geographic gap here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just so. got to get on an airplane more often. <laughs> but I, I am just so grateful that you came and shared your wisdom with me, with the listeners. I'm I deeply, deeply appreciate this chance to learn from you and all of the amazing things that you are learning and doing and bringing into your life and the way that you are with other people, the way that you connect with other people. So thank you for being here, being present with me. And I can't wait until we get to do this again. Yeah, thank you. What a treasure. I'm just, I'm such a fan of all the things you build and I'm glad to be a a small part of one of them. So thank you for having me. 